Hi, this is Carl with SMB Community Podcast and Small Biz Thoughts, and I'm joined today by Rayanne Buccianico. Welcome, as always. Thank you very much for having me today. So, uh, Rayanne is one of these people that if you're not connected to her, you should be. She does an amazing variety of things, and uh, so we're going to talk about some of those things today. The, I guess the primary one is that uh, she's teaching some classes for us, so when we have a Probably your most popular class coming up, so that should be pretty cool. So uh, before we get started, I want to talk about some of the blog posts that I think are interesting this week, and two that really stand out to me. One, as always, is uh, Robert Crane from CIA Ops, and uh, he has a blog post this week about Azure Site Recovery, and so he walks through some of uh, what that is and, and how you use it. And so, anyway, uh, that's linked from my blog at smallbizthoughts.com. And, of course, you can go to ciaops.com and just look for the blog. And uh, Robert's a great uh, member of the community from Australia, and we will have him on the SMB Community Podcast again. Again, he's one of those people that it's just uh, fun to talk to, and you should know him if you, if you don't already. The other one is Andy Parks from the UK has got a really great article on the, using the command prompt and clipboard. And I think a lot of us have, you know, remember the days when clipboard and command prompt didn't work very well together, and that's certainly no longer the case in modern Windows. So anyway, those are my two tips for the week. So, Rian, what have you got for us? Uh, well, as far as Robert Crane goes, um, he and I had a podcast together, which you can find it his, uh, on his blog site. Um, we talked about sell my MSP and how to value your uh, the small business, the small MSP, whether it's fully managed services or a hybrid or even break fix has some value. So we talk about a lot of those things and how to go about you know acquiring businesses if you're looking to grow through acquisition or even if you're getting ready to move on to bigger and better things and want to sell your MSP. Right. So, uh, so let me talk about that for a minute because uh, we had um, Amy Babinchak on recently and talked about Sell My MSP. And since then, I've had a chat with a couple of different people who are, you know, like wanting to think about retiring in the next few years, but they don't even know where to start to figure out, is their business worth selling? Is there any money in it? How do you, how do you get out of this after 20 years of... <laughs> putting your life into your business and then you think, well, I just have these crappy clients and whatever. So um, anyway, any thoughts on like someone like that? Should they, should they bother looking into it if they're not sure? Absolutely. I think, I think that every business out there has some value. It may not be as much as you were hoping to get out of retirement, but rather than just hand your business and your clients crappy or otherwise to the guy down the street, you know, see if maybe they would be interested in purchasing those clients. It worked. So, okay. Well, all right. So we'll, we're going to put a link to that on the uh, site here. And so uh, anybody who's interested, go to uh, sellmymsp.com. And, uh, and you've got a form there where people can get an estimate of what it's worth. Yes, we do. We've got a little link there. Um, you put in your figures and we have some formulas built in and you know, it will just give you some, you know, a, 
uh, an idea of what your business may be worth. And then if you're thinking about look, looking to get out of your business in the next three to five years, start now. Start putting your ducks in, in order. You know, start getting your processes documented and turn your I own a job to I own a business so that you can find somebody to sell it to pretty easily. Right. So you have no uh, crystal ball, I assume, but um, right now you think the market is hot for selling your business. There's more buyers than sellers. Um, what do you think it's going to be like in two years? I don't see that that's going to change an awful lot in the next couple of years. We have far more buyers than we have sellers right now. When I put a new business on the market, I immediately, within 24 hours, have two to three people that are interested in looking at the financials. Wow. And um, anyway, so, so that's enough of that, I guess. But okay. you, you have a background specifically relevant to this, and that's, I guess, that's why you're here and it's why you're, you're teaching one of our classes. Uh, tell us about your background other than running an IT business. Uh, I started in public accounting back in the late 1980s. And what we did, what, I was working for a CPA firm, and we resold a program called Mass90. And we started to convert people from you know, the paper checkbooks into computerized accounting systems. That's how I kind of got my start in both computers and in um, IT uh, and in accounting. And so growing through uh, those years over the last mm, 30 years, <laughs> gosh, has it really been that started long? started when you were eight, so that's cool. <laughs> over the last 30 years, um, what, what I have done, and so I got my first um, MCP back in 1998, Started uh, started my own company, um, Bike Information Technologies Incorporated, out of Philadelphia until I moved to Florida in 2001. And so I really have focused my business in working with the MSP and cleaning up their accounting systems and helping them understand their books and their financials and what is this information telling them and how, how can they you know, take the information that they have and use that to, you know, get uh, proper, uh, excuse me, proper pricing for their customers. You know, how much, is it time for me to hire? How much do I charge for this service? How long can I afford this new employee until I start to go broke again? You know, <laughs> <laughs> so we go through all of those things in the financial processes that make all of the difference in, uh, in our five-week course coming up. Very cool. So, uh, yeah, so over at greatlittleseminar.com, uh, Rayanne teaches a couple of courses. That's one. The other one is on uh, QuickBooks. And um, so what makes this course different? Like what's the guts of this course? I really like this course because it starts – I'm going to back up for just a minute. I was at the Channel Pro uh, SMB Forum last week great speakers you know and what I hear when I when I see a lot of the other financial experts out there talking is I hear an awful lot of high-end uh, you know this is what you need to do and this is how you know th these are the numbers that you need what I don't hear is an awful lot of specifics of how can we make sure that the numbers that you're using to measure all of these processes are accurate and what steps can you take 
What individual, you know, specific actionable steps can you take to make sure that your accounts are accurate so that, you, you know the old saying, what you can measure, you can manage. Well, before you can, before you can manage it, you need to be able to measure it. Before you can measure it, you have to know if the numbers are right. You know, so you can take all of the information, you know, download it from the bank, throw it into your QuickBooks and kind of go like this, you know, <laughs> is, 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 um, okay, so the, the numbers are telling me this, but are they in the right places? I help you understand where they need to be and how to get them there. So we go through the chart of accounts, we go through the P&L and the balance sheet, what is this information telling us? We do cash flow forecasting uh, and cash flow trends. We also do profitability, not just at the company level, but also at the contract and uh, customer level, or even the process. So you have your managed services income, then there's also managed services costs that go along with it. What's your gross profit for just the managed services piece? Right. What's the gross profit for just the products that you sell? Because you know your overall gross profit might be 55%, but it's only 10% or 12% for the products. It's a lot higher for the managed services. What can you do with that information? That's some of the things that we talk about. Right, and are most people in our business really willing and able to put in the time it takes to put those numbers in there? Absolutely. I find that, you know, sure, there's a lot of guys, a lot of one-man shops out there, uh, or one-person shops out there that um, are just so busy and they can't be bothered with it. But at some point, at some point, every business owner says, what am I doing? And how am I going to get there? You know, I, I want certain things out of my business and I don't really understand how I, what I need to do in order to get there. That's what these classes are going to teach. Right. So um, do you have goals? Like do you say your, your EBITDA should be within this percentage and you should have so much profit per employee, per, per FTE or – do you have any kind of targets like that? I do. Uh, in the first week of the class, I hand out a, a benchmark uh, handout, which is where all of the different you know, um, gross profits and EBITDAs and all of those percentage, so, so that you can know when you're looking at your P&L whether or not you're landing in certain benchmarks. And so you're making changes to the class. So I think you've done this a couple of years now. Uh, what's, what's new? Like, did, did they... Is there new money or something? <laughs> well, what I did was I was looking over the course, and there's so much information. Every time I – I think this is our fourth round for this class. So that would be four, four years? Yep. It's hard to believe. <laughs> so, um, so what I've done is, you know, okay – there's a lot of really good information, but what sort of information is really relevant to all of the MSPs out there? So I'm just going to move some information around, and I don't think that I'm taking anything out, but I'm putting some more stuff in uh, and, you know, and focusing more on, the, like I said, the profitability at the service level as well as the overall profitability of the company and the gross profits and then and the things that we can do with those numbers. You know, how can we set sales goals? How can we, you know, set, um, you know, uh, salaries for our technicians? You know, and that sort of thing. 
Right. So it's interesting because you always get so many questions. I think sometimes that we should just start the first class by you just answering questions for an hour. <laughs> so there's, it's, I think a lot of people don't have anybody that they can talk to about the money side of their business that's knowledgeable about service delivery, right? And so when they finally get you, they, <laughs> they want to like, <laughs> excuse me, keep you for an hour after class asking questions. And sometimes that happens and it's okay. <laughs> um, and you're right. I think, you know, especially the smaller MSPs, they have their tax preparer. And so they see their tax preparer once a year and they drop off their QuickBooks and they go running and here's your, here's your tax return, send this much in, um, or whatever, but you really, so many of them out there don't have a, an accountant or a tax preparer that they can talk to that understands tax, understands accounting, and understands the IT business all in one place. And that's, that's what I try to bring to Well, them. you're pretty unique in that regard. I mean, I, I love my, uh, my enrolled agent, my tax guy, um, but he doesn't know IT you know, by any stretch of the imagination. And I think uh, for a lot of us, you know, the smaller businesses, uh, our tax person is really our, our primary business advisor because they know so many things, right? <laughs> they know about employment stuff and they know about, you know, how, what kind of profit it should look like. And that we call that compliance work. They know uh, all about the compliance work. Right. <laughs> Which has got nothing to do with how you price your packages so that you can actually make money. So, and I'm an enrolled agent as well. So, um, so in all 50 states in the union, I can represent taxpayers throughout. You know, the IRS process. I can prepare taxes and even the collection process, which is not fun for anybody, including me. I'm not a fan of the IRS. I just, you know, I'm just the intermediary and I'm always on the taxpayer's side. So, so you're not the tax man. No. <laughs> <laughs> tax woman. So, um, and in the class, uh, you know, when you've taught it in the past, one of the things that really stood out to me is that people are so um, eager to engage you, right? I mean, they literally are like, oh my God, I love this. I see the comments where they're like, this is the greatest thing ever. Thank you so much. So um, when, you, when you start to make changes, how much of the, of the questions have been sort of evolved back into the class so that uh, I guess you reduce questions in the future because you've already answered them in the teaching? Well, it, it's not, it, my purpose is not so much to reduce the questions because I love them. You know, I love interacting with the people and, and helping them through, you know, through that light bulb moment so that they, oh, oh my gosh, I get it now. Um, but I, I'm making these changes so that I can answer not only the questions that haven't been asked, but the ones that... Um, I, I want to be able to offer this information because somebody else may not even think to ask that question, but it would still apply to them. Right. Uh, so I want to make sure that I, I tailor the information so that it really gets to a wide audience. Right. So what's the difference between this class and the QuickBooks class? The QuickBooks class is all about QuickBooks. Step-by-step, step, how do we do things in QuickBooks? And I, in, in the QuickBooks class, which is also a lot of fun, I really like that, uh, I have QuickBooks Desktop on the left and QuickBooks Online on the right. And so I split the screen 
and we talk about the different transactions that need to get entered and how to handle certain things, then I show you how to do it inside QuickBooks. This particular class is not uh, software oriented. So you will not receive things like debits and credits and step-by-step -step QuickBooks um, instruction. However, all of the reports that I run and a lot of the information you will see inside the class is going to be QuickBooks. You will recognize the, the appearance of the reports because they all come from QuickBooks. So I, I do end up taking an awful lot of QuickBooks uh, questions during the class, but if somebody's using Xero or Peachtree or some other uh, accounting system other than QuickBooks, this class is for them as well. Right. So I, um, I'm re redoing a little rewrite of uh, managed services in a month for next year. And one of the things I talk about is the financial stuff. And I sort of casually say QuickBooks because that's what I use. But I know that some people use Peachtree and some people use BusinessWorks and whatever. Just looking at the students that you've worked with, uh, would you say that 90% of them use QuickBooks? And, and what else do they use, realistically? Uh I, I see probably a large portion. Uh, I'm going to go with about 85 to 90% of them are on QuickBooks. Some of them desktop, some of them enterprise, some of them online. The others that I run into in the wild uh, more often than not is Zero, which is really gaining a lot of traction in the world. And it's just Zero, Z E R O? X-E-R-O. Oh, X-E-R-O, okay. That's, a, that's an online accounting system. Um, some people use FreshBooks, which is not really an accounting system. All that really is is it's an invoicing system and a place to put things. It's terrible. Don't use it. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry, FreshBooks. I was going to say, oh, there's one advertiser <laughs> down the toilet. <laughs> um, Peachtree, I, uh, because of my work with uh, Autotask, integrations. I do a lot of Peachtree, Great Plains, and Mass90 work, so I see that a lot too. Mass90 and Great Plains are really for the larger companies out there, right? but there are plenty of small companies out there still using um, you know, Peachtree. And how many of those are now owned by Sage? <laughs> All of them. Well, Great Plains is owned by Microsoft, but Mass90, Peachtree, uh, BusinessWorks, is that Sage or is that yeah, that's Sage now. That's Sage too. Yes, I, Sage just set them all up. <laughs> it's funny. I, you know, I'm going to different links and I put in Peachtree and boop, up comes Sage. I'm like, oh, oh okay. I put in Mass90, up comes Sage. I'm like, okay. So uh, I guess Intuit doesn't quite have a monopoly, but. Um. <laughs> all right, so important safety tip on fresh books is not QuickBooks. So. It is not. No, the reporting is, uh, is, practically non-existent. When I run into a FreshBooks uh, client, I have to export all of the transactions in a CSV and then sort it all in Excel and then try to make some sense of it. And it's not my favorite. Okay. So slightly different subject, but uh, speaking of importing and exporting, are you a believer or a non-believer in connecting my PSA to my QuickBooks? Absolutely believer. Believer. Uh, yes, uh, I'm an absolute believer in connecting, getting your invoices from your PSA into your accounting system. Um, it, the, the fewer duplicated entries you need to make or duplicated work, the better off everybody is. Humans make errors. Right, and, and so you mentioned earlier, 
getting the bank stuff down into QuickBooks. Now you get their PSA into QuickBooks. Is it, is it really that simple? It's pretty simple. Uh, if the only, the only caution I might throw out there is if you're downloading your bank transactions into QuickBooks, QuickBooks has this funny habit of remembering where you put it the last time you downloaded it. So it's real easy to you know, download it and let QuickBooks do all of your coding for you, um, except that it usually ends up being wrong, like very wrong. Right. So you're just causing more, more work for yourself or somebody else. Because <laughs> somebody else? <laughs> yeah, like wrong. the tail that just walks past. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, because I, you know, I noticed... I, I've I've decided to buy Amazon stock only because I write them a check so frequently or they're in my QuickBooks so frequently. But, you know, when I download the stuff and it puts it all in Amazon, it wants to say that it's either, you know, a, a personal withdrawal for entertainment or that it's all office supplies. But I buy all kinds of stuff from Amazon. Sometimes it's training and sometimes it's office equipment and you know, all this other stuff. So the payee Amazon really doesn't tell me very much. Right, exactly. So. Uh, I have the same problem because my QuickBooks wants to send it to books and publications. Well, um, you know, the only books I'm really buying off of Amazon are going to land on my Kindle, and that comes in as a different item anyway. So I'll know, okay, all right, so that was a Kindle. But if I'm buying office supplies or if I'm, you know, buying, you know, air air conditioning filters. Everybody say hello to Roxy. Roxy, hey Roxy, what's up? Um, it's, it's always take your dog to work day over here. Exactly. <laughs> it's always take your cat to work day at my house. So, um, so but anyway, yes, you really do need to, can we, you'll, you'll edit that one out. It'll all be good. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, back that up. Yes, so with your Amazon, you definitely want to make sure that you go through each one of the transactions as they come down. Don't let QuickBooks take control over your accounting system. Make sure that you know exactly what's being posted, where it's being posted, and why it's going there. Right. So now the other thing is that people look at tools and they think, okay, so, so how do I deal with my RMM versus my PSA, which is a cost of goods sold and which is, is an operating expense, right? Is that correct? One of those is one and one is the other? Yes, one of those is <laughs> one and one. So your RMM, your RMM tool, that is something that you are using in order to make sales, right? So you sell, you, you sell your remote monitoring and maintenance as a service to your customer. As a result of that sale, you are paying your RMM tool, right? So, so as the more, the more RMMs you sell, that your revenue goes up, but so does your cost. Your, your PSA isn't going to change from one month to the next, whether you have five customers or 500 customers. So that is not really a cost of goods sold, that is a cost of doing business. And so that is going to be down there in the expense section. Right. That's the way I see it. Yeah. Some things like hardware is pretty easy. I sell a computer, I mark it up, I, I buy a computer, I mark it up, I sell it. So the difference is, is my profit. Uh, it's real easy to see what my cost of goods is for hardware. It's a little less easy when you've got all of these services. You've got antivirus and spam filtering and all this other stuff. 
Um, but anyway, so is there, is it pretty straightforward to set that up? Do you think? Cause I did it a long time ago. <laughs> it is pretty straightforward to set that up. Um, other things that you might want to make sure that you consider is for like the one and two man shops. Um, so you might have a technician that's 100% billable. That's going to be, that's pretty obvious. It's a cost of goods sold. Well, what about the owner who is, you know, 50% billable, you know, and 30% sales and 20% admin or something like So you might need to split those up so that you can get a true gross profit number. Right. Because you want to make sure that you're paying attention to that as well. Right. And uh, you have some exercises you put students through and they can actually send you their homework. Correct. Um, so give us an example of the kind of exercise that people could expect in this class. Okay. So the I don't want to scare them off, you know. No. <laughs> so the first week what we do is we're analyzing the business. So go through your chart of accounts. I, I even already have sample chart of accounts that I'm going to hand out. And so you can look at my sample. You can look at yours. We talk about, you know, um, and then, then one of the assignments is to redesign your chart of accounts so that it works in your business. My sample is just that. It's just a sample. It's not fit for every business, not yours. And, you know, it might be good for yours, but not so much over here. Um, so what you want to do is think about your business and what information do you need out of it. So what I teach in this class is to learn how to read the financials. I learn, I teach them how to, you know, think about their business in ways that they've never thought before. And then I teach them how to act on those new thoughts. Right. Uh, so other, uh, other um, assignments is in week three is the cash flow forecasting. So uh, we have a cash flow forecast uh, form and a worksheet. So they, what I ask them to do is to, uh, is to take their cash and forecast it out four weeks. How much money are they going to need in four weeks to make sure that all of the bills are paid, payrolls covered, payroll taxes are covered, you know, all of those things. Think about, think about how much money's coming in, how, how do we know how much money's coming in, and how do we know how much money's going out, and then, you know, schedule it. Right. Do you think that people are too optimistic about how much money is coming in? I mean, <laughs> I know when I first started, I was always like, oh, I'm going to get this, 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 this. And then, you know, payroll comes. I'm like, Where, where's my money? <laughs> <laughs> that happens to everybody, I think. You know, so right, you send out your invoices, right? You, you mail out your invoices and you say, okay, I'm just going to hope that it gets here before next Friday because that's when payroll is. Um, so, yes, uh, what we also talk about is uh, how to make sure that you're not overly optimistic. We need to be realistic about the customers that pay on time and the customers that like to push the envelope a little bit, you know, and you've got 30-day terms, maybe they'll send you a check before 60 days is up. Right. Or you've got dual upon receipt, and they think that that means 30 days, you right. know. So, well, I have a tiny little cash flow uh, Excel spreadsheet that I use, and, and I always want to know like how much I have between now and the next payroll and the payroll after that, right? So I have one category is money I'm sure it is coming in, and then I have money I hope is coming in. So I have to kind of discount, like, because if the hope category is too big, then I'm like, oh, well, I got to figure out what I'm going to do here. 
or start making some calls. Yeah. <laughs> Although I, I'm, not, I'm not big on accounts receivable. So, you know, I, I love getting paid in advance for things. So that that's made my life a lot easier. I'll tell you that. Same here. Um, okay, so we're almost out of time, but um, I wanted to also give you an opportunity to talk about anything else that you've got going on. So it sounds like you actually do some consulting with people if they really need it. I do. Um, some one-on-one -on -one consulting with companies that are looking to um, you know, understand their financials or clean up their QuickBooks um, or, or even their Autotask and have their Autotask and their QuickBooks communicate a little bit better. Uh, so we, I do an awful lot of those, you know, one-on-one -on -one calls with them. Um, and what I typically do is, you know, we get onto a WebEx, we put together a planning session. What are we going to do? How, are we, how quickly can we accomplish these things? Then we put together a plan and a budget. And, you know, and then we set it, put it on the schedule and make it happen. So I do quite a bit of those. Um, also, I find um, some tax preparers may neglect the smaller MSPs. So if they need some tax help or accounting help or just ongoing, you know, an ongoing accountant or um, advocate in their corner, then you know I'll take them on as annual monthly um, monthly or quarterly or uh, even annual accounts very nice and you you just take 10% of the profit off the top is that the deal? <laughs> no, I'm not allowed to do that oh, oh <laughs> that's... Old Asians have ethics that we have to adhere to and oh um, wow yeah and we're not allowed to charge percentages darn it oh that's interesting <laughs> You would think that would be one sure way to do a good job is to uh, make sure that I'm profitable. <laughs> well, I want to make sure that you're profitable anyway, because when you, when you are successful and, and you're hanging around with me, then I guess what? I become successful. That's true. I got to say, I've, uh, I've given Hank, my tax man, uh, a, a number of uh, very large payments over the years and happy to do so. so. <laughs> well, right. When you find somebody that you like, stick with them. You know, if they're, if they're doing a good job for you, there's no reason to change. I never try to talk anybody into, you know, switching their accountants, especially if they're happy where they are. Right. Plus, he buys me lunch once a quarter, so, you know. Oh, can't beat that. I'm, I'm cheap. I'm, I'm easy. <laughs> yeah, but it probably lands on your invoice at the end of the day. Well, <laughs> it's, it's cost of good soul. <laughs> All right, so the class is over at greatlittleseminar.com. Starts, uh, I think, October 6th? 11th, I think. It's October 11th, that's what I was going to say. And uh, so anyway, folks should sign up now, check it all out. And if they have any questions, we'll, we'll put your contact information here and they can bug you about that. But um, it really is, quite sincerely, one of those most popular classes we do every year. And uh, it's just, it's overwhelming how much people love this class. So I appreciate you doing it for us. Well, fantastic. I really enjoy doing it too. So I get to meet a lot of really great people all around the country, um, sometimes all around the world. I've had a few foreign people in the class too, and they've even gotten a lot out. So that's interesting. So I guess some pieces of it, are going to be the same everywhere. Cost of goods sold is cost of goods sold, and uh, the uh, pounds or some other uh, currency is kind of irrelevant when you're talking about hiring somebody. It's still how much money do you have, and what are you going to make, and what are you going to be able to sell once they're on board, and 
that calculation is essentially the same without regard to the tax law. Accounting is accounting all around the world, <laughs> no matter how you count the money. <laughs> all righty. Well, thank you very much. I look forward to the class, and I appreciate you being with us today. Thank you, Carl. Great to talk to you as always.